in 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, but we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is album 46, Graceland by Paul Simon. You know, guys. I've been doing some thinking. I've been doing some inward thinking, thinking about Rob, not just always giving, giving, giving like I normally do. Uh, And I was thinking about what makes this podcast so wonderful. And I realized, you know, it's not just my jokes or my editing or my planning or my posting or my videos I make for Instagram that gets four views. There's also a special ingredient. And I think now you're going to hear about that special ingredient. And it's also going to be the hit song of the summer. So let me crank on this for a little bit. Song of the summer. Crank it up. Okay, and then I'm going to stop cranking. I'm going to reach over in the other direction and get my radio. It's a visual joke, I realized, after I wrote it. Uh, All right, let's play our intro song. God damn it, Rob. You wrote all this stuff down, and then he... Everybody, welcome to K-Rob. Oh, I like K-Rob. I like K-Rob. You know, a great band once said, what's a war without any generals? What's Channel 9 without Arsenio? This song is going out to the guy we call Mr. Elmers, because he's the glue of this podcast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's true. I'm on a Zoom in New York City, and I think I've got this really funny joke. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> then I said on the podcast, Matt and Russell look at me and they say, nope. Nope. That's what I'm kind of hearing. <laughs> he laughs at my jokes like they're the finest works of art. Yeah. Even when it's just a fart, he thinks it's so good. When Aaron laughs at me, it makes me happy. My jokes sound so much better when they end in Aaron's laughter. Aaron. My jokes can never bomb when Aaron is around. He's the only one that gets me. If Aaron put the show, my jokes would only be so-so. I'm counting on Aaron. <laughs> when you want to yeah. hear about the greatest I albums of all time, <laughs> but you're just too lazy to <laughs> look it up online. <laughs> if you yeah, want so to you hear about the greatest albums of all time, it's so weird. I was like, why do I hear myself laughing? Am I laughing? It's how long it lasts for you, Jack. <laughs> Beck did it better. <laughs> that should do it. That should do it. all right everybody welcome to beck did better you know i got all those laughs just from our illmatic episode there was not a repeat in that whole there was not a repeat in that whole song and you heard he had one laugh at the end that was almost the length of our entire theme song it was absolutely unbelievable so aaron that was a thank you gift to you for being so sweet and being such a great uh person to have on the podcast and speaking about laughing at length russell in minnesota how are you doing Rob, your wife's a doctor. Do you know why I'm soft in the middle when the rest of me is so hard? (laughs) And I've got, I also made a clip of all Matt's laughing. Let's play that right now. 
All right, great. Here's Matt in Minnesota. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, great, Rob. Thanks for having me as always. Aaron out in Oaktown with the laugh. How are you doing, Aaron? <laughs> well, I appreciate the shout outs for my laugh, but the other thing I love about you guys on this podcast. And you guys would know exactly what I'm talking about. You would know, you know just what I'm talking about. Childish Gambino. And from the streets, mean streets of NYC, it's me, it's Rob. Listen, we're going to start with something new today. Host. We're going to hop right in to the spanking of the week. Someone was a bad little boy. It's time for Big Papa Rob to give you I the special undergarments in my space. It's time for Rob. the official <laughs> Did It Better uh, okay. Spanking of the Week. <laughs> That fog are in the best. So the other day for the Omatic episode, I got up to, I don't know what, turn off the AC or be a parent or something like that. And meanwhile, you guys didn't realize it, but I had pushed record. Let's listen to what. I went on, you guys, I went on a laugh boycott last week because Rob told me to shut up. So I went five minutes without laughing. So I'm going to have to bring that up. That's what he wants. Good work. Hey, whatever your slam was, I forgot it until now. He <laughs> said, "Shut up, Rob." Let me. That was hilarious. I, I got I to fight back. Once uh, I knew you I heard it. I listened Rob. to the episode. I heard it. It was good. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so that's why this week's spanking of the week is me. I'm getting spanked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not groaning. It's still good. It sounds like one of those conga slaps, right, Rob? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a, this is an open hand, open palm open, slap for sure. An open tone. <laughs> so here's the deal, Aaron. I have to say I am sorry to you. And for that, we're going to play the nice to Aaron theme, which is just the making fun of Aaron theme, but it's back. Fair work. I'm going to go nice. This hero was we're nice to Aaron. Matt is laughing hysterically at this. <laughs> so that is this is now this is not going to say anything for interrupting me. But this is now this is now a be nice Aaron podcast. We all love Aaron. Okay, and please tell Aaron's wife at gmail.com There, I did it. Okay, please stop bothering me about it. It's fine. All right. Todd. I can tell you, did you guys have trouble? Did you guys have trouble naming your kids? Naming your kids for me as a teacher was yeah. almost, almost impossible. Cause my wife would be like, how about, uh, you know, how about uh, Hannah? And I was like, oh no, I had a Hannah in class. I didn't have a Hannah in class that I hated, but I had a Hannah in class. I couldn't stand. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't name my kid after some kid who What'd swore she do to you, Rob? What? Rob, what'd, what'd she do to you? Why couldn't you stand her? Huh? Oh, she, she was always like, Oh, I'm going to tell the principal that you showed up late. No, oh, your shirt is all the way unbuttoned. And I'm like, I, don't tell me what to do. I'm the teacher. I'm in charge. Okay. If I want to practice my drum kit right now, instead of teaching you guys, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I didn't have too much Matt, of a tough time. Yeah. Aaron, Matt, Matt, said, what, what, were, what names got crossed off your list right away? I, uh, I, I wanted to go classic. And then we ended up going classic, classic with Leo. But I wanted to go with like a Tommy or a Johnny or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and they say that together and you think of St. Thomas and St. John's and eesh, no, I don't know. I'm nobody else glad. does. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, you know the dude, one that so. got crossed off not that quickly was Riggins. I really wanted to name my kid after Friday Night Lights. Friday Night yeah. Lights. <laughs> or it was like yeah. it was in the running for a middle name too, but it just felt like you're tempting fate if you name your kid Riggins. So that one that one eventually got crossed off. Well, naming your kids is always tough, isn't it? I mean, like I, we named our second one Annabelle, and then I went on a website where people reviewed their names, and they were like, "Yeah, everybody says I'm a cow because my name is Bell." And I'm like, "Oh, why would no. you do that?" And then the yeah, nurse was like, "How do you want to spell it?" And I was like, "What is this a spelling <laughs> test? Like, I don't know. How do you spell Annabelle?" Like, so I made it really long with lots of vowels. It's a nightmare. I had a friend, and she she had her second child, and it was a son. And she texted me all the info about the name and everything, and. I asked what the name was. I was like, oh, that's a great name. So many people name their kids after athletes or someone famous, and then they end up regretting it because they do something bad. And then right after I kind of went on this whole rant, she said, yeah, we named his his middle name is Brady after Tom Brady. And I was like, well, now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I would have I would have doubled down. I'd be like, that's yeah. fucking stupid. You're stupid for doing it. <laughs> Do you know how many people in Boston have already done that? <laughs> There's not a grandpa or an uncle or something that you could take over Tom Brady. Right. I don't know. Some Tom Brady. Never met. I mean, and plus it's like, oh, you could just name him Brady and never tell anyone you really named it after Tom Brady. Like right. it's a common enough name. It's not like you're right. naming him Jameis or something. Like, Would any of your guys' wives, would oh, that have been a God, deal killer? Jeez. <laughs> Why? I like the name Jameis. It, would one of your would, would that have been a deal killer for any of your wives if you guys would have said, "Hey, I need this middle name for my oldest son or someone to be after some sort of famous athlete." Is that a they walk away? Uh, or not? Yeah, my you know we've got a, our, my youngest one's Eddie, and depending on who I'm talking to, I either and, is, and we wanted we wanted Eddie, but I didn't want Edward, so we were trying to come mm-hmm. up with some other name. So he's an Edwin, and nice. so depending on who I'm talking to, I say he, we named him after Edwin Encarnacion. Or if it's somebody who doesn't know baseball, you say we named after Eddie Vedder, and uh, you know that gets Sarah to roll her Ooh, eyes every who's time. That? Of course. Yeah, definitely would have. So I, I, I have you ever tried doing Eddie Munster? That's what I would think. <laughs> Am I old? No. Am I like eighty years old that I bring yeah. up the Munsters? Yeah, Eddie yeah. Money, the Bay Area's own Eddie. Do you ever call him Eddie Money? Oh, Eddie Money. Is call him Ed Money. Yeah. Oh, that's Fast so good. Eddie, Eddie Money. We yeah, we got him right all. Said sweaty Ed. Eddie. He was a really sweaty baby, so sweaty Eddie is oh great stuck oh, around sweaty for a while. Eddie. Nicknames yeah. are so oh, man. Yeah. I tried to do that move once in college, and is, it actually worked out really well. Believe it or not, <laughs> still married. You, you so. tried to you tried to run the sweaty Eddie. Yeah, on yeah. Eddie wasn't happy about it, but I was thrilled. I thought it was really fun. <laughs> you know, the kid that came out before, and not when I say came out, I mean of the delivery room. Aaron, okay, stop making those hand gestures. Um, but the kid who came out at, right after Amelia, they pulled him out, and they had his little name tag on there, and it it said Talon. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I was like, that like kid is going to be trouble. But that <laughs> name Chickens rocks. have large talons. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine like going to somewhere and you're like, what's your name? Hi, I'm Talon. It immediately is like a, it's immediately a, a baller move. Like you automatically yeah, like, have yeah. the upper hand. At what point in life does that lose its appeal though? So I would say through yeah. early teens, early 20s, at some point there's a, a tipping point where talent is no longer a positive thing if you're trying to meet people or no way or make friends or meet women right you you don't think some girl wants to date a talon oh god that'd be so awesome that i'd love it Tal- i would name a boy talon i think that's a great name i mean just i think it i think it depends on how you look if if i'm on bumble and i'm swiping and my name is talon and i look like me i think it's bad bad news <laughs> there's no way women are swiping right on a talon that looks like a normal schlub 
If it's if it's some guy sitting on a motorcycle, it probably works. But everyone else, no go. Do you have a picture of you on a motorcycle, Russell? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is what like we're missing here. The sexy rap voice. Get thee to a dealership. <laughs> Maybe they would think it would say tall one. And then you could go from it. And if you want to, if you want to see Russell on a motorcycle, text, uh, call into the, to the Bex line, right, Rob? How do you get a hold of it? 802-277-2325. If you text, uh, <laughs> strap your hands across my engines, Russell, to the tech Bex line, if I get 10 of them, we're going to get Russell on a motorcycle with a picture and it's going to be nice. awesome. That is the ultimate oh, payoff for all of our great super fans out there who are constantly calling in and leaving voicemails. And we love it. And folks, let's get into I've rolling. actually been on a motorcycle once. Have you guys have ever heard the story about me on the motorcycle? Nope. We need to hear it. Yes, we need to hear it. Technically, it was a mini bike and not a full-fledged <laughs> motorcycle, but it was a motorcycle. <laughs> is a motor is a is a motorbike or a mini bike the same as a motorcycle or not? Uh, absolutely not. The, what you heard in the background was a uh, bad to the bone plane. And then when you said it was a mini bike, you heard a record scratch. It's going to take me some time to put that together, but it's going to be worth it. Some of our <laughs> listeners may know this story. We, we used to always go up to a cabin when we were in college, one of our friends cabins. And I was up there with some of our good friends, Chad, Steve, some of our listeners. And we went out, we took out these go-karts and we had a mini bike, AKA a motorcycle for the people that are bad to the bone. And I got on this motorcycle, this motorcycle and I'm revving it up and I go tearing down the road. And then I come flying back up the road on this dirt road. And I realized I've never ridden a motorcycle before. I don't know how to slow this thing down. Not realizing I just need to like kind of take my hand off the throttle, move it back the other way. So you got, so you got on a, 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 a moving motor vehicle a and motor, at no point where you were like cycle. My name was Talon. <laughs> okay. 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 I, I was going to say, <laughs> this is not what most people think when you talk about Russell's hog story, but um, <laughs> so you got on a, a vehicle and at no point where you're like, I wonder if I should learn how to break this, like hit the brakes on this. And then you're like, ah, I don't need to learn that. Time to go. And, like when you guys like said, when you guys said a, a mini bike is not the same as a motorcycle, I right. just figured it couldn't be that hard. Yeah. And so I come tearing back down this dirt road and I'm flying and all of a sudden I realize I don't even know how to stop this. I don't know how to slow it down. I'm going very fast. And so I just aim right for a tree and I, and I ditch the bike into a tree. So I come flying back oh. down. All of our friends are staring at me. And I slide the motorbike, the motorcycle, <laughs> right into a pine tree. And I tore up my leg. It was a complete disaster. So I don't know. It's going to take a lot of becks to get me back on one of those motorbikes. My fear with motorcycles is that there's going to be another fat guy on a motorcycle next to me. And it's going to look that, like that picture from the yes, Book of World yes, Records. That's yes. always a fear of mine. Yes. Anytime I'm on a bike. Because I also ride mini bikes in the summer at this place that we go to. And I'm always concerned that somebody's going to be next to me and take that picture. And it's what were those guys Guinness records for? Like fattest twins? Like, that's not a real record, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Don't it you know the, the fat motorcycle picture? You really don't know? I don't it know. Would it would kind of be no. a bummer to be known as that. Like, what if one of them had this amazing accomplishment in physics or yeah. something and they're only yeah. known as the fattest twins? And the other guy had like, you know, like a, the tiniest scrotum for the biggest body. <laughs> and they're like, ah, you guys are the fattest twins. They're like, wait, no, actually, we have all these cool things about us. We could well, like, really no, you're the fat If you had the tiniest scrotum and the biggest balls, that would really be an unfortunate That would be something. Well, Rob, if, if you ever can't make it as a power lifter, you can always go for that. You're in the running for that one, right? <laughs> it's a new goal. Well, I told you that one time I was at a power lifting meet, and there was a guy who was so big, he was trying to get into a uh, uh, bathroom stall next to me, and he couldn't fit in. 
<laughs> and his name, of course, you know what his name was when he went up to Lyft? It's got to be Tiny. Everybody, welcome Tiny Tal. to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and he could not fit in the bathroom stall. I said, when he was trying to get in there, I go, this is the greatest competition I've seen all night. So, talking to strangers in the bathroom in New Jersey, check check that off my bucket list. I am set on that one. Aaron, have you did you not read like that? I used to read the Guinness Book of World Records as like a book. Yeah, like I, think I, did, I wrote oh, I that down did. for the book at once for like Pizza Hut to get a pizza. I was like, read the Guinness Book of World Records, saw the fingernail. Have you seen the fingernail guy? Yeah, the fingernail yeah, was, was the lady thinking, where they there hung a fingernail all the way lady. Down. I was thinking fingernail lady, but yeah, I definitely yeah. read it. But I don't okay. recall the motorcycle picture. I got to go back and find the this. two the two twins on the. How about the tall guy, tall Waldo? Well, I think the real one we need to talk about is that one of our friends recently sent us a video of a woman crushing three watermelons in under seven <laughs> seconds with her thighs. That is a record mm-hmm. worth writing home about. Yep. And you see Russell like in the background, like looking. <laughs> <laughs> he's like holding he's a watermelon up to his head and he's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. hmm. Oh, no. He's like, ah, that's worth it. <laughs> oh, that watermelon couldn't hear anything. That's great. Oh, All no. right. Okay, now I'm going to stop there, and I'm not going to make fun of you, Aaron, because this is a Be Nice to Aaron podcast. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean like, the watermelon a, couldn't hear anything? Oh, that's because the of the noise canceling headphones with the thighs and the you know. I see. Okay, so the thighs. So if you were listening to <laughs> an on, episode Rob. like keep four up, ago, up, you got that joke. <laughs> I want to use your thighs like noise canceling headphones, which apparently somebody <laughs> said to Russell in IRL the other day, which is mind blowing. That <laughs> my jokes on this out, podcast are taking off. Someone did quote your your joke, Rob. That you're. I don't know if it was a joke or just an actual thing that you do, but it was fantasy. The thighs, ah. noise canceling headphones did get called out. Next thing you know, people are going to be sending you uh, parody songs that took way too long to do for what they actually were. <laughs> That's going to be the next step. And to that person who's copying my jokes, you better fucking knock it off. Those are mine. Okay. Don't take credit for that. Those are my jokes. And I definitely didn't steal that from a different podcast that I listened to probably the day before this one. All right. Rolling going, everybody. <laughs> It's time to see what everybody's up to. 20 minutes It's in. time for Rolling. This is going to be an all-timer. Oh, yeah. Anybody want to go first? Yeah, I do because I I feel like you guys were baiting me. Aaron, this. Rolling I going. How's it going with you? I did not want to bring up bird content for my Rolling Going, but you guys are talking about talons, and you leave oh, me no choice. We got the talon. He's got the birdcage tattoo. You leave me no choice but to give a bird update, which is that last night we look across the street and in the tree across the street from us. Going to town on its dinner. It was like Wild Kingdom right in my living room. So that's my bird update. So the hawk did not get chased out of the neighborhood by the crows. It was there eating a rat or a rabbit. I'm not even sure, but it was one of the former tenants of your garage. Yeah. Aaron was like, no. so that was fun to watch i was recently listening to something they were talking about templeton's voice in the old charlotte webb movie do you remember what his voice was it was that paul lynn he's like where he's like the kind of the the the, he's like oh boy i can't wait to get out and get some food like it was the opposite of what you think a a rat would say matt do your paul lynn impression you do a better one than i do i don't know i don't know if i can remember what it is rob help me out let's hear yours i can't wait to get out of this fair and eat all this stuff oh it's gonna be so great not letting you know that at the end of that movie, you're going to cry your eyes out like crazy. So, Aaron, when the hawk was there, did you take a picture of it and send it back to your wife? No, because she was in the room with me. We took a video and sent it to my brother and his wife because his wife has become a bit of a birder. So we 
<laughs> not going to be mean to you. Not going to be mean to you. What time of the day was this that you saw this? And what day was it? 7 p.m. yesterday. Oh, okay. 7.15 maybe. Right this after my son went to bed. This is somewhere in between. I know. Areas. I know, Rob. I know you were hoping that it was during the middle of the day. But I will tell you what I did today during the middle of the day, if you're ready for a, a switch gears. Which no, is, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I need a sleep aid. My sound machine is turned off. So tell me, please. I'm <laughs> Rob, sorry. Rob. You know, we, I'm sorry. This talked, would be nice to air an episode. Don't let we it go sideways. We talked retail last week, and Ooh. I thought it would be great to keep the retail talk going because I went to a specialty store today. And man, Ooh. shout out specialty stores where you go into the store and they only have good shit. I went mm-hmm. to Heat a Tool up on San Pablo. Walmart. They only do knives, gardenware, uh, kitchen knives. And that what was the name of, of the thing. store? Heat a Tool. Oh, that was my nickname in high school. Yeah. <laughs> well then, but yeah. Guy who always guys guys whose room is always locked when his roommate comes back. <laughs> Breathing heavy. I show up. All I sweaty. was looking for kitchen oh. shears, and I went into the store, and the store, entirely a specialty store, only has sharp things, mostly Japanese steel. Mm. So I say to the woman, "I'm looking for kitchen shears," and she says to me, "We only have one one brand." And I look at them. And like a dummy, I say to her, would you recommend them? Like, yeah, <laughs> of course you would recommend them. Yeah. Only carry sharp shit and they only mm-hmm. carry one kind. But man, shout out specialty stores. Like, know what you know, do what you do, do it well. I, I really had a, a nice time doing that today. When Rob, as you might comment, I could have been working instead. I love the idea that you went into a store where it's just sharp stuff. Yeah, like, man. Gardens, like, garden tools, kitchen knives, all of it. It's like, do you have a hammer? No. Actually, we have claw <laughs> hammers, but the claws are so sharp. Do you have any mallets? Get the fuck out of here. This isn't a mallet store. This is a sharp store. When they were singing, they were like, happy birthday to you. And that's one for Aaron's wife at gmail.com. She'll get that. Uh, Roland going. Russell, how's it going with you? Rolling going, I the other day I know all you guys have kids. Some of your kids are old enough to be playing sports. I know Matt is coach Matt now, coach coaches yep, still kids. Undefeated. Coach, that type still of, undefeated. Still undefeated. I went mm-hmm. down fun to, to fun. watch my niece play in her first soccer game that I've seen her play in this weekend. It was a hundred degrees. I went down to Rochester about an hour and a half away, watched my niece play soccer. And I got down there and I came away with these things about parents and sports and i just had to run them by you guys russ is mad that aaron took his hawk eating some food outside the house story. (laughs) (laughs) so the first thing that jumped out to me was my niece is six and this is not a competitive not some sort of traveling league it's an in-house league nothing super competitive it's kids just trying to have fun they had did you light a flare and throw it into the crowd like in those (laughs) european soccer matches (laughs) Bring your Bobenzella yeah. or whatever. Yes. Yes. Scarf. Yes. Yes. You're singing you're singing Wonderwall. You know what my dad used to yell all the time when I was when we played youth sports? He thought he was so funny. You know what he'd always yell? What's that? Don't you care? Go. <laughs> and it was just a joke to him. Like everyone else thought he was serious. And he, of course, couldn't care less. And it was the funniest. He'd be like, don't get going. Don't you care? And we just roll our eyes. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had to have sweatpants. They had to sew my pockets shut because I kept putting my hands in my pockets walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, go ahead. Okay. So I go to this. Is it just your left hand? No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing this. 
You're not amb- ambidextrous. You can go both hands in the pocket. Well, I mean, I was what? just doing it when I was telling that story, but now I'm not doing this part of the story is what I meant. Are we all putting our hands in our pockets for the rest of this podcast or not? All right. Zoom down. We're doing a crotch <laughs> zoom, everybody. Let's point the zooms okay, at our crotches. We're tubing. Let's tube the rest of this. Oh, oh God. Oh, that's oh, really, that those, really is. Those are way shorter than seven those inch Those are some five-inch five shards. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's 10 pounds in a five-gallon hat or however that works out. I hey, know. I will say this. If those were five-inch inseams, whatever else Rob's got going down there is way shorter than that. That's why I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just a sad picture of me. <laughs> I did a sad face, by the way, for everybody listening to the podcast. The saddest man is also the smallest man with the shortest shorts. Yeah, the saddest man with the smallest balls. It's just a picture of me going. Get us book world records. Okay, sorry, Russell. Go ahead. Anyway, so my Something niece- about your six-year-old's <laughs> soccer game and somehow spiraled out of control. Unknown how that happened. Probably Aaron's fault. <laughs> so my niece, it was the first time she ever had a double header. It was a double header. It's like, okay, they're going to play a couple games. Maybe they have an hour break in between yeah. or something like that. They had one game at nine and another game at three. So essentially Ooh. six Ooh. hours spread Ooh. apart for a six-year-old. That means her parents had to bring her to the, you know, drive 20 minutes to the field to get to this game. Game's over. Go home and have to come back four hours later for another game. And I was just wondering, horrible. like, at what point do your lives as parents no longer become your lives. You're literally just schlepping your kids to different events over and over. Rob, have you gone through this? Matt, your kids are starting to get older. Oh, At yeah. what point are you guys just bringing your kids to sports and you, you no longer have a life? Well, you know, that's, I'm telling you, that's an advantage of living in New York City. My older one now, she can get on the subway. She went to Central Park on her own the other day, walked around. Like She can walk to all of her sports and she's just fine. The down part is, there are almost no sports going on because you are in New York City. So what she does is swimming, which is just like that, where you go and you watch her race and it takes her 30 seconds and she gets like third. And she doesn't want to look up at you because the whole time I'm waving with my short shorts, you know, uh, I got my Juvuzela, I've got my scarf, I'm throwing the flares and everything. And then, uh, and then like, it's like two hours till her next race. So I go and walk around. Like I know where all the goodwills are next to the, uh, the swimming areas and all the different parts of town. So I go there, find some cool, but it's a nightmare and we don't have a car. So sometimes we got to go up to Yonkers and we're like riding a train or we have to be in a 40 minute Uber. Forget about it. But that's, that's, that's parenthood. Russell is like, whatever you're doing, you have to take care of what these kids dumb hobbies are. It's terrible. I get a dumb hobby, but a double header spread six hours apart at the same field. That's kind of crazy, right? Matt's going to defend it. No, not at all. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's it's a double-edged sword. It it sucks big time. Okay. But then on the flip side, it's like, well, your kids having fun, yeah. doing an activity, hanging out with their friends. And, you know, if they happen to halfway like it, or, you know, that makes them say that they don't like baseball, they like soccer, or they don't like soccer, they like uh, you know, robotics or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's better. It's it's a it's a double edged sword, but it's better to be more active than not. If you ask me, it sucks to have these spread out like that. But these these towns do that on purpose. I know they do because they make a ton of money. You know, and the concession stands make a ton of money for all this stuff, and the hotels make a ton of money. And so they love having these tournaments come in and spreading everything out, so people stick around for a long time. I can't speak to this from the perspective of a dad. But I can speak to this from the perspective of someone who's had to schedule some shit. I worked at the University of Minnesota School of Music, and I had to schedule audition days. And sometimes you would get two different instruments. This is so great. 
or you know, auditioning. I need to schedule my audition. Right. So like you the need kid to schedule your audition. is coming from Wisconsin <laughs> or Missouri, usually Wisconsin. And I spent hours trying to make sure, you know, because sometimes they'd have they'd be auditioning on two different instruments, or they would audition and they also had to do an interview for music education. It was always cold as shit. We did these in January and February. And I spent hours pouring over these schedules, like, well, I don't want, you know, Johnny Appleseed from wherever between his two auditions because that's terrible for him and his family mm-hmm. and you pour over it and you pour over it and you work at it and then finally the day before the event comes out and you go like well I know Johnny's getting screwed but fuck it I'm going home I'm done messing around with this schedule so somebody was trying to make sure that Russell's niece did not have to wait six hours between matches and then that person finally said you know what I need to go home and rest and this schedule is what it is I can't, do, I can't torture myself anymore Matt but you can hear kind of Matt's competitive spirit coming out so the other question I had about you guys as being sports parents at what age is sports not about being fun but very competitive is 5 years old 6 years old no. at what age are you yelling yes. for your kid to win 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 because I was watching Never. I was watching my, my niece's game and the parents were pretty cool in that one but there was a field over same age kids and parents were going crazy. They were yelling for their kids to get in there, not to have fun. It was it was winning to score. And and I understand the energy and helping your kids have fun. But at what age does it change from my kid needs to be the best or my kid needs to have fun? Never. It never, ever, ever changes. And if you think that you're going to get your kid a scholarship because you put him at some camp in mm-hmm. that is an eight year old or something, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. There's like 2% of everybody gets a full ride, you know, and all of these other sports other than football and basketball, you're getting like a quarter of a percent of a quarter of a scholarship max. And so all of these sports, baseball, soccer, all of these crazy ass volleyball, stuff like that. You're, I mean, the, the idea that you're going to get your college paid for, you might as well put all that money you're going to put into camps and everything into some sort of IRA or something or, or some 529 account mm-hmm. and you'll get way more money out of any scholarship than you ever get. So I'm, the whole thing, youth sports, 100% should be, will that kid play next year? Did they have a good enough time, make enough friends that they want to play next year? You know, if 2% of people only get a full ride in college, that would explain my freshman and sophomore year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm paused for laughter. Do you see how I let it sit in there? I did what you guys said. Let it breathe. You're no, learning. Russell, parents are, parents are psycho. I used to, when I, and, and, and you know what a lot of it is, is that like when I used to coach middle school football, I was a psycho too. Cause I thought that's what I like grew up with. And I thought that's what everybody was. And then as you get older, you're like, none of this matters. Like I, my, my youngest one has zero interest in sports. I put her in soccer and they've quit. I mean, they've quit almost every sport we've done. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh no, yeah. we got to go every day because I'm like, yeah, but try it out. Yeah, who cares? Like, we, if you don't like yeah. it, let's not do it. And I'm not going to make you do it. And have we already discussed what happens when you quit a sport in Russell's family? Have I already made Russell tell this story? Russell, no. what happens when you quit a sport? Well, I know we weren't being nice to Aaron today, but we didn't have to be mean to Russell. <laughs> no, we have to do it. I like this. Oh, no. I, Russell, have I made you tell this story already? Uh, may, I don't know. I. <laughs> I was never a great athlete and everything. I played everything up until I was about 13 or so. And then kind of just started. Everyone gets weeded out at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I got weeded out of hockey very, very early in life. Aaron, is this where you're going? <laughs> yes. I love this story. So, Sorry, Russell. <laughs> okay. So I was five or six years old and I was playing hockey for the first year. And in Minnesota, hockey's a big deal. You're either you're in it and you're playing all the time or you're going to get passed. You're not going to be good enough. You're going to, you're going to get past. 
And so I was in hockey, but I wasn't super into it. And so I played for one season and I could barely skate. And there were kids skating circles around me and I wanted to quit. And my mom wouldn't let me quit. So every day I had to go to practice and they would give me a chair and I would just push this chair around while I was skating behind the chair. My mom made me play the whole season skating behind the chair while everyone else was just skating around shooting pucks into nets. And I mean, so like if this isn't part of my problem with where I'm at in life, that's got to be, I I should have just quit earlier. The thing about this that I, the reason I have to ask for this is, is, I just Russell's to attention to detail with his memory. Russell's recall for amazing that I love to hear these stories because he knows all these details. And I have to ask. I'm sorry, Russell. Coach looks over and Russell's sitting on the chair in the corner of the ring. <laughs> he's, he's like, like oh, sorry, coach. Like, that coach is like, if there are ever dating apps in the future, that kid is going to get no swipes. <laughs> he needs to be a better skater. <laughs> Russell, I'm sorry to turn your own ruling going back on. The other dumb, the other dumb thing about youth sports like especially like six-year-old right like my eddie's sick he just turned six this week and so i believe he likes to go by edwin on the podcast edwin on the pod right said ed you try your whole life to get him to share and play and maybe we've talked about this before you know that you try to hey be be a good person play with everybody involve everybody and then all of a sudden you get two teams and you throw them into the middle and it's all about get the ball get away no score no don't do that you know And, (laughs) and they're just like Wait a minute, you just said to, you know, and so it's just, it's ridiculous. And when I try to get my kids to share, they're like, I don't even like turn back time. All right. Uh, Who doesn't like turn back? Matt. Yeah, yeah, my dumb kids. That's why they're at (laughs) soccer camp. Because I want to punish them with double headers. Uh, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Matt's got his list. Uh, Good. I got a list. Nice. Try to make it quick here. You guys went long. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 Uh, I got a I'll list, though. What are things hey, we've uh, never heard for $200, please? That's what Russ's yeah. date said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's the opposite of the joke I just made. I texted you guys this earlier, but Patty Smith is coming to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Are we? Uh, am I obligated to go to see her in concert just to say that I saw Patty Smith in concert? Is that one of those things like, you know, 30 years from now, I can say that I saw Patty Smith in concert? Or The thing about Patty Smith and you, Matt, is that you did very clearly say... Yeah, going to a, a Patty Smith like you're on record saying going to see her like, like in a live show would be awesome. That's, that's where you got to see. Yeah, so you got to you might have to be a person of your word, man. I've regretted. Um, I, I was thinking about this and I was I was listening to the Killers, their new album, uh, "Blowing Up the Mirage," is just phenomenal. Rob's brought this up. I've been listening to it nonstop last two weeks. I don't know why, but I you know I went to their concert, hated them live. So I, I really it's been about five years. I'm coming back around. I've, I've, I was, that was back in the day though, when I wouldn't go to a concert by myself and now I'll go to a concert, I'll go to any concert by myself now because I went, I missed out on seeing Chris Cornell uh, acoustic live Ugh. because I was Ugh. like, oh, you know, I couldn't find a buddy to go with. And then a year later he dies. Right. And so now forever, I'm like, God, I cannot miss these shows. And I'm like, yeah, Patty Smith is legend enough. You know, should I go see her? And I, you know, if, if, if I'm got nothing going on, I'll probably go see it. But I don't know. Is there anybody you guys have missed in concert? Maybe this is more for Rosie than anything um, that you wish you would have seen. I think I've told the story. Prince is the number one for me. I had I, I had I saw him. tickets when Prince was here in Oakland in March of 2016. It was just Prince at the piano. Prince piano and microphone tour. I was in on Ticketmaster to get tickets. It was at the Oracle Arena. Tickets were 275 bucks. 
I don't know, $275 in this giant arena. It's just him at the piano. Like, should I do it? Yeah. It's like 10 orders of fish and 10 orders of kids fish and chips at Aaron's restaurant that his kids go to. <laughs> yeah. And then the next time I logged in, all the tickets were sold out, and then he was gone six weeks later. So that one, that's his confidence. Russ's confidence with that joke was so good because he told the joke, and then immediately before anybody did anything, he goes, uh. <laughs> 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 He reviewed his own joke. He's like, right? And you can kind of tell he tailed off. He's like, fish chips. Uh. I love <laughs> that. No, that's a good joke, Russell. That was a good joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good joke. Yeah, really. Like, I mean, now, I mean, I think I've told that story before. Like, now, I, you know, my whole bank account, like, if, if I could bring Prince, Prince back from the dead. You know, Jenny yeah. went and saw Guns N' Roses at uh, Madison Square Garden, and I declined to go with her. And I don't know why. She went on her own, like, by herself. I went on my own at the U.S. Bank Stadium and saw them. And I, I regret that, because it's like, why would I not go to that? Every time... I saw November Rain live. That's all I wanted oh, to see. I wanted to see November that. Rain live. Yeah. And I saw... It was great. Yeah, and he jumps phenomenal. into the... Slash goes into the wedding cake, and I, uh, oh, it's I'm so gonna, good. How, Rob, so Jenny comes to you and says, hey, we should go see Guns N' Roses, and you say, yep. no, I'm going to yep. pass. Yep. What were you doing? I don't know because she's she's in the past. She's like, hey, we should get Adele's playing tonight at Madison Square Garden. We should get tickets. Well, you can imagine buying tickets secondhand to Adele in New York City. It's a pretty penny. It sets you back quite a bit. And guess what? Totally worth it. I have no idea how much it costs. It was an unbelievable concert. I've never seen anything like it. It was so good. Totally worth it. And then she asked me to do the same thing with Guns N' Roses, a band I actually enjoy quite a bit. with. And this was with Slash and with Axel, yeah. you know, and yes, is it Duff. like, yep. is it like the bully in high school that when you see him later and he's like 50 pounds heavier than he was in high school and he's this big fat guy? Yes, that is, it's fat guy Axel now, but I still should have gone to see it. Like I have figured out in life, Rosie, maybe you have too, that um, I'm an experienced guy more than a uh, things guy, like when yeah. buying things. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's hard for me now. I mean, obviously, went, just flew out and saw Rob. It was great. Uh, for his birthday, things like that. Like I will spend money on doing that before I buy a new car or something. I'll let my, you know, I don't know. And so I just, I with all missing concerts over the last year, year and a half because of COVID there's, I'm going to, I'm going to lose a lot of money here in the next, in the fall and the winter going to some concerts. So I mean, then the answer's in the question. You got to go to Patty Smith. That, That brings me to my rolling going because I love buying things. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I just bought myself a server with two, four terabyte hard drives. I was up till three o'clock last night setting it up. And you might be like, Rob, three o'clock. Oh my God, that's so late. What about work today? And the answer is school's out for summer. This is officially the summer of Rob and it is already off to a rough start. I got about four hours of sleep last night. How do you guys, how do you guys, what are your sleep? techniques how do you get enough sleep but if it, if i'm left to my own devices i will just stay up all night and then i wake up early and then i'm miserable for the whole day what's your what do you do what's your sleep routine and 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 go into a lot of detail about it please okay and tell me your wife's sleep routine and go into more detail about that please i mean i don't know if i have a sleep routine oh yeah know. and if you want okay fine if you want to take some pictures of your wife sleeping and send them to me do that too, please. thank you <laughs> You know, we we, we start this. We 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 were going to start this show about nine o'clock, and it turned to nine fifteen. And you know, sl- slowly we've been pushing this thing back about ten. Oh, 15 this central. is so, this is passive you know, aggressive. Like, I don't go to bed until like one o'clock, and so then you know, my routine for the next three or four days is just completely oh, yeah. effed. Totally, and then I'm a miserable person, horrible father, mean to Sarah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> mean to my mom when she's folding my clothes, things like that. So I don't know. I mean. 
There's some things that, yeah, definitely interrupt my my routine. So. Yeah, I mean, I typically go to bed at 11 and pray that my son sleeps all night. And lately, when he gets up, he wants my wife, so I sleep a little bit more. But last night, uh, after a protracted battle, uh, he let me come into his room and help at 11 and then got up with, at uh, 4.30 with Wallace. And he didn't go back to bed. I mean, you don't, I don't, you don't get into sleep conversations with me. There's nothing fun about that. You're telling your kid like, hey, last night there was this hawk eating this. And the kid's like. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love getting up early. I'm a morning person. Of course. The the whole thing. But but the whole thing is this, like with with kids. (laughs) Such dad energy. He's up early, like taking stock of like his extension cords. He's like, oh yeah, this is great. Like from nine o'clock on, it's about the only time I can watch like a show if I want to watch it. Right. And, and I don't know. So like, there's this time where everybody else is in bed. That's kind of me time. And so it's a big decision. Do I stay up and hang out and do the things I want to do? Or do I go to bed so I can get up early? I don't know. Let's do the crossword. Wall Street Journal. But I think we should all feel honored. I think what Matt is telling us is that one night a week, his valuable me time is spent with us. So I think we should, we should appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should appreciate. No. And then after this, Matt, <laughs> Matt tells me he has meat time after this. So I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what that is. Meat. Yeah. Well done. Oh, I usually like do like, that. yeah. If I, if I got some meat in the fridge, I go in and eat it right after the podcast. Like if I got some chicken <laughs> leftover or like a sausage, that's what in I go for. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make a quesadilla and go to bed. Ah, that's good living. Listen, man. I, I'm like I'm like one hour sober of making fun of Aaron, and I can stick with it. That was tough. That was tough. You tempted me there. You tempted me there to to because what you just the told mouse is over this, the mouse is over the snake. It's just like so close to be like mm-hmm, I know. You see how I'm not going to do this? it. Speaking of meat and uh, eating meat late at night, how about Graceland? Mm, I I guess I don't dynamite, see how that dynamite. goes. I don't get the, how that goes together at all. But you, you don't know think what? Elvis ate Aaron. meat late at night? Like I guarantee Elvis oh, was eating he ate like, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Well, I, he must he must have had buckets of chicken once in a while though. Oh yeah, I gotta admit though, dying on the toilet like Elvis did, I could I, that would be okay, wouldn't it? If you're just like, oh man, I'm having trouble, and then you're like, oh, I'm dying. Oh well, like <laughs> like your last your last thought this. in life is like, oh, I gotta wipe. Like I cannot have somebody come in. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's bad enough to begin with. Oh my god! I don't know. Like, like, like it's like, like that one time you brought a bagel into the bathroom with you at the same time, and you're like having a heart attack. You're like, oh my god, throw this bagel out, flush it down the toilet. You try to flush down the toilet so they don't see that you're eating a bagel, and they come in and you're dead, and it looks like you've shit out this bagel, and everybody's like, whoa, god, there's a whole bagel. It's not even chewed up or anything. Like that's wild. That would be my life story. You know what? And if that happens at my funeral, tell that story. Okay. Play the, you know what? Play this sound clip. And to everybody at my funeral, don't steal my jokes about noise canceling headphones. Okay. That's mine. Rob, would you rather. From the grave. You interrupted him. He was on a roll. What? Would you rather go out in autoerotic asphyxiation mm-hmm. that we'd have to cover up? Or would you rather have like us cover Darren. up the bagel in the bathroom? I think if it was a bagel in the bathroom situation and you told everybody it was autoerotic asphyxiation, they'd be like. <laughs> I don't know. I heard it was a bagel in the bathroom. Like, nobody would believe you. It's like, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't think Rob would be able to set up all that belt stuff. But I do believe that he would try to eat a bagel in the bathroom and then try to flush it as he dies. My last sight would be a bagel not getting flushed down the toilet. I'm like, oh. But the only question is if you can do autoerotic asphyxiation lying down. If it can be done lying down, then they'd believe it. But if it's a standing up situation, they know it's not Rob. I don't know. I got to have some meat time. Figure that what out. What do you think? What do you think is more <laughs> difficult? Autoerotic asphyxiation while laying down or eating a bagel while laying down? 
Oh, God, I, I, I'm a champ. I'm a champ at laying, laying down, eating stuff. When I was younger, I used to tell my dad, <laughs> can you go make a sandwich for me? And he would just get up and make me a bologna sandwich and cheese and heat it up and bring it to me in bed. And so when I first got married, I was sitting there in bed and I turned to Jenny. I go, hey, can you go make me a sandwich real quick? And she goes, what the fuck did you just say to me? And I was like, wait, what? Like, I was seriously confused. I was like, what? What is going on here? Like, why? Why is this not happening? And then I said, my dad used to go make me sandwiches. And she goes, what is wrong with you? And I was like, oh, I thought that's like everybody's life. Like, really, this podcast is really therapy for me. It like makes me realize why I am the way I am. It's possibly because my dad used to just make sandwiches. Now, he also once was going upstairs to get something. And I said, hey, grab me whatever you're getting. I'll take a bite of it. Comes down. He goes, oh, here you go. A little bit on a fork or whatever. Look like chocolate ice cream or whatever. I eat it. And I was like, ugh, what is that? And he goes, oh, this is a cat food. I was feeding the cat downstairs. So, oh fed me wet no. cat food. Oh yeah. I distinctly remember that he denies it up and down and then brings up the cake mix stuff, but I'm going to interview him about that too. I'm going to interview him about the cake mix and the cat food. And we're going to get this to the bottom of this. I thought he was going to give you a piece of his best friend's wife when he was deep, deep her. I thought he was going to bring you a disco ball. I like that one too, Russell, because you gave up like halfway through. You're like deep. Well, now I figure it's just going to be my bit. I give up on jokes halfway through. I think I think that's a great bit. Just like Listen. I wanted to quit hockey when I was a kid. I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> that reminds me of another story. My dad, he was in basketball, got cut. And they were like, or he didn't, they couldn't cut him. So they said, here, you're back for practice today. Jump back and forth over this bench. And he did it for like 15 minutes and nobody came back. And he was like. Oh, I get it. And then he left. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I think that's so great. Well, oh, we can't cruel. cut anybody, but you in the locker room just jump over this chair. And he was like, maybe that's what they're doing, Russell. They're giving you the cut. And it's like, I can't. My mom won't let me quit. Uh, all right. Talk about Graceland. This is what, 86? Uh, Paul Simon is having a tough go of things in the 80s, right? His partner, the only guy who could possibly make him look handsome, uh, Art Garfunkel, hated him. <laughs> his wife, Carrie Fisher, decided that she was not his only hope. And his last album. Wait, he was oh, married to yes. Princess Leia? Yeah. For yeah. real? Wild, right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He's, he, he, I think Jabba literally has a better haircut than he does. She must have whooped his ass. She is so much tougher than him. Like, he oh. <laughs> must have been terrified of her. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. And that is hot. Like to think about Carrie Fisher just dominating you would be so great. Do you think Paul Simon ever asked Princess Leia to make him a sandwich while they were laying in bed together or not? Yeah, but he did it like Jabba. He was like, oh, 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 can you make me a sandwich? Why to Africa? Get your own sandwich. Uh, so then he, uh, on top of all this and his haircut is seriously fucked up. If you look at him in every picture, this, how this guy was ever a super, this was like a superstar before videos. That's why call me Al is like this, the stencil animation video, right? Like he doesn't even appear in that one. No, 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 no. He appears with Chevy chase. That's the video where he's there with Chevy chase, Chevy oh, chase okay, is lip syncing. Cause okay. he made a video that he hated so much. And then he was like, Hey Chevy, come on in. And then Chev, it's just the major, it's like super dad energy. Like they are doing extension cords and like. Discussing what kind of hose roller up they have and which one they like the best. Matt knows what I'm talking about with the hose roller upper. You got to have a good one. Well, the, I, I did have. I, I'm an HVAC tech in the sprink. I've I've perfected my sprinkler game for my front lawn. Nice. I got that on my list, but we'll we'll save that for next. All time. right. And Matt is masturbating while he says that. So is that he? He had a Saturday Night Live band member came to uh, Lauren was like wants to do her own album and Lauren said, hey, you should meet my friend Paul Simon because of course it's just this huge flex. And she goes, okay, Paul, I want this, my album to sound like this cassette and gives her this bootleg Mbakanga 
which is like a South African type of music that uh, kind of a what's what am, like a rhythm and a beat. Yeah, township township jive. Paul Simon calls it township jive on the Ooh, liner notes. Don't like that. Is that was that the name <laughs> of the album, or is that what he just how he described the music? That's how he described the music. The album oh. was called uh, Accordion Jive Volume Two or Gumboots Gumboots Accordion Jive Volume Two. Yeah, he did not. Uh, he did not. He does not come off great. I think in any of this, but so he he tells he tells this woman who comes to him, being like, "Hey, I want my album to sound like this." He goes, "You know what? I'm going to make an album that sounds like this." And, and Wikipedia says their relationship deteriorated after this. He went. He then decided to go to South Africa, which was a huge deal at the time because the UN had put on a cultural boycott. Um, and before he left, he was singing at "We Are the World," and he talked to Quincy Jones and Harry Belafonte. Quincy was like, yeah, you should go. You know, it's going to help everybody out. Harry Belafonte is like, yeah, you should go, but wait for me to go okay it with these um, anti-apartheid people in South Africa. And to which Paul Simon said, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. And he just left and went, took him and his producer on like a guy's night over to South Africa. And basically he came in and said, I didn't have any songs written. They would perform their music and then I would just make up lyrics over the top. And that's what would record. Right. So Basically, he got criticized like crazy for this album because people kind of re, uh, compared it to modern day colonialism, where basically he went, strip mined whatever he wanted from him and then brought it back. Now, of course, it's it's not the same because he paid the musicians, you know, ten uh, probably tenfold what they would make normally when they flew around with him. He made sure they flew first class. But it is kind of that a lot of people thought it was that case of sharing money and, and fame with them. But at the same time, he never once made a stand against apartheid at the time in South Africa. So I think he rightly got a lot of criticism for that, but let's get into the album and we can kind of talk about this as we go through. We have the boy in the bubble. And by the way, Oh, that's a start. It's a great start, but you can tell his lyrics are just like, they're off the wall for most of his album. You can tell he was just like, mm-hmm. well, he, yeah, it seems like he's just doing Dylan. He's like doing Dylan caricatures over in like, you know, Springsteen. It's just, he's just following the like, well, I'm going to just, and then, you know, it it grows into like Craig Finn from the Hold Study eventually someday. It's just like, I'm going to just say whatever I'm thinking. It doesn't really matter if it rhymes. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said before, I know every lyric on this album, absolutely none of them make sense. I mean, at one point he's like sunsets on a watermelon town. And it's like, wait, what are you talking about? But what you, what I love about this album, what I loved growing up is that it's like this, addictively happy album with these bass and, and, and this noise that I had never heard before. I just, I, I loved it. Uh, here we have Graceland. By the way, if you go on genius to learn about the song Graceland, do you know what they give you? A 17 minute YouTube video of a professor talking about Graceland. I thought they might give you highlights of Bruce Jenner's college career at Graceland College in Lamona, Iowa. That's what I was thinking about. You know what? I thought this was that Kevin Costner movie, 3,000 Miles to Graceland with Courtney Cox. Ah, yes. You know, this is the first of some crazy appearances on this album. So the, the credits on this album are wild. So first of all, on the whole album is Buggy Tikumalo. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the bassist who plays on most of the tracks, uh, I think he was South African. Buggy Tikumalo is incredible. But our guy Adrian Ballou, the guitarist from Talking Heads, and Bowie shows up here a whole bunch. Um, but I didn't know this Rob, until that's I your looked band, it up on Talking Heads. That's awesome. I love them. I didn't Shout know out to your favorite band. <laughs> I, I don't know until like this is on title. The Everly Brothers do vocals on Graceland. Like 
Paul Simon was like he had serious clout. He could just call up anybody and they would. So I don't know a lot about the politics of this of this record. I think that's definitely questionable, but he certainly had clout to bring in great musicians, and you hear it all up and down every track. What's the most famous Everly Brothers song? What's the song that I should know of theirs? Wake up, a little Susie. Well, I was gonna Wake say bye up. bye love, but yeah, either they're probably equally uh equally famous. Everly Brothers of Shenandoah, Iowa. The other thing I love about Graceland is it, it has inspired one of my favorite covers of all time. Check out Willie Nelson. Oh, my God, Rob. Oh, yes. This is a winner. I love Willie Nelson. Anytime we play Willie, I'm here for it. When you bring up Willie Nelson, I was listening to, if you listen to the extended version or the whatever, the what's the new version of the... The 25th uh, anniversary. The 25th anniversary, and, and Paul Simon's talking about it, and he, he said that, the drum beat is kind of based on like a Johnny Cash kind of that the the, the oh, drum the Tennessee beat Tennessee too, right? Yeah, that was very cool. So when you hear Willie Nelson sing it, it makes perfect sense there, doesn't it? Yeah, right. I know what Something I know. Really reminds me of money. I mean, this so, this this album is so sonically rich and just fun. I love this song. I thought this song was so fun. You, how can you not like bop around with this and have fun with it? I did. I never heard this song before, but I absolutely loved it. it might have been my favorite song on the album. This is a good fun. one. It is fun to hear this combination of his, you know, obviously musical talent with this African sound in the background. This song is all about making small talk. Do you guys have any um, uh, tips for making small talk when you're at a party? Like, like if you're if you're talking to an adult you don't know, do you guys have any good advice for small talk? Oh, definitely. Uh, ask them what they do for a living. That's a really interesting question. <laughs> Just make sure you talk about what, what you do for a living. That's a good This start. isn't applicable anymore, but I had a friend Matt who was back work. in the days of Netflix DVDs. I'm with Matt, man. Like, do we don't, we, you work all day. Don't talk about work when, like, if you can avoid it. You know what? If you do what you love, guys, you never work a day in your life. I had. And that's why I milk racehorses for semen. <laughs> Once again, Rob asking us a question for the express purpose of telling his own joke. But I had a friend back in the days of Netflix DVDs who would ask, what's in your Netflix queue? And that seemed kind of dorky and scripted, but honestly, like that would kick off some conversations. So like, what are you, what are you reading? You know, have you eaten anywhere fun? What did you cook for lunch today? Those those are interesting questions for Those sound suspiciously like a question that Aaron wants to wrap around back to him to be asked. Ask me what I ate today. Ask me what I read. That sounds suspiciously like what Aaron brings up on his own. Hey, did you see any birds eating anything like outside your house today or anything like that? <laughs> Funny you bring this up. I saw these two crows chasing a hawk today. <laughs> oh, where are I you mean, going? I mean, I would happily talk about the NBA playoffs, but nobody wants yeah. to hear me talk about the NBA playoffs. I got to try to expand my horizons. And whoever talked with Aaron is afterwards, like Aaron leaves the party yeah. early and to go put his son to bed or whatever. and. And they're like, damn, did you hear the guy talking about the two crows and the hawk? I heard he's got a podcast. We all got to check it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they find him Thank the next morning with a bagel in the toilet. Um, <laughs> I, I've always heard of the Ford method. Have you guys ever heard that? F-O-R-D. Where no, you ask you, you ask somebody about their family. And then the O is, oh, shit, I forgot what their name is. So it's a disaster. Now I'm not listening to what they're saying. R stands for Rob is my name, so I'm going to take over this conversation. And D is something about dreams is actually the end of the Ford. But I can't imagine. Can you imagine asking a stranger at a party about their dreams? Like, hey, you had any dreams lately? It's like, what no. Do, I think you. Wow. Yeah. What do you guys have any sort of re- recurring dreams or anything or not? 
I used to have one where a dog, speaking of sharp things, I used to have one where a dog on my street would chase me with the shears, like gardening shears. And it was scared the hell out of me. That and Slimer used to always come slime me in my dreams and it scared the hell out of me, which now it's like Slimer and I are buds. I, you know, my hot dogs I've eaten in the last two days. I'm like a modern day Slimer. It's great. And this is the part where you guys say something fun and then we do a podcast about it. And we put it out. <laughs> Matt, I really, I honestly Matt, think Matt's recurring dreams. We're listening. Yeah. Oh, well, I dreams. honestly think Rob, I don't know. You're, you're on a tear tonight. So as much as we can stand out of your way, yep. just let you do your thing. That's, that's kind of what I think we should I've go got for. a lot of let good bits cook. about Slimer because I bet his penis looks a lot like his body. You know what jazz I mean? and you're Donovan Mitchell. Okay. So Aaron <laughs> just killed that. Okay. So I quit. Uh, all right. No, sorry, Aaron. That was a good point. Thank you for bringing up Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> the only, ooh, ooh. I know, I know we, we, nobody really cares to move on to the music. So I, we can, talk about my two recurring dreams and i think some psychologist is going to call up and, and just have a field day but warning no, don't the, ever google your dreams you will only feel bad about yourself unless it's just me yeah yeah because one of them is that i run i, I cannot get to first base in time so like i'm running like i'm running in quicksand you yes. get your hand uh, on their oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is just it's i, I think a lot of people have it where they're where they're trying to get somewhere but they just they never get there. Like they keep coming into different obstacles or new things happen. So, so I don't know. Yeah. Matt's running to first base and he wakes up and he had a wet dream. He's like, wait, what? Now this is really <laughs> messed up. I don't get this at all. <laughs> hmm. Aaron, do you have any recurring I dreams? love baseball. Yeah. I mean, I wish this is not, uh, this is going to be such, I have, I have a lot of really boring dreams. Like if I, <laughs> oh, hey, 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 we will be the judge of that, my friend. Rob, be <laughs> no, nice. Like literally, Rob, I, be nice. He dreams about have dreams a hawk where, eating like, a dinner in his backyard and he wakes up covered in sweat. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No, like, the, so, so once again, my lady has been in charge of the uh, middle of the night wake up, say for at least the last three months, but there have been periods in my son's life where I was up with him a lot in the night. And when I came back to bed at like four or five in the morning, I would just, I would just have regular old dreams. Like I would just dream that I was getting up and making coffee and like the day was starting like that oh, hours no. between 4 a.m. Oh, and 6 a.m. would just be like, I'd just oh. be waking up like normal day. Like, and those would be my dreams. Like, that's not fun. Those, that's no. not enjoyable. That's like every year before the, before the school year starts. I have a dream that I'm in school, but I have, I have failed a class. And so I need to teach and take the class at the same time. So I'm like in a foods room with my, and it's always like foods or something. I'm so in a foods room coach, with a coworker and I'm also a student, which I don't know why. I mean, how did I not pass foods in high school? Like I nailed foods. foods. You're talking like this is a normal class. What's like, that? Like, uh, you know, like a, a home ec class or something, but I don't want to say home ec. Foods? You're just like, oh, yeah, you're I, calling it foods? I don't well, we, no, because we had, foods. it was one, one semester was food. Like you made food. You learned how to make food. And the other semester was like sewing and stuff. Which was one of yeah. the funniest things I've ever seen because the kid spent the whole hour sewing his pillow on his, you know, he's sitting there on his, holding it on his lap, sewing a pillow. Bell rings at the end. He gets up. The whole fucking thing is sewn to his pants. He had sewed the pillow to his pants. He's like, oh, no. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a joke here. That sounds like oh, no. given where Rob grew up, they were training some of you. And then some of you, they knew the best you could do was marry a doctor. It's ah! <laughs> Get it, Rob? You married a doctor. You get it? Ooh, you got him, Rosie. Got him. Uh, joke's on Rosie. He also married a doctor, and it's a shame you didn't remember that. Okay? Respect <laughs> women, Rosie. Think about that. That's true. No, I, that's absolutely true. I did marry exactly. a doctor. Exactly. I know what's true. I know. Listen, I've been, 100%. I've been looking no, at those Rob, pictures you sent me good. of her sleeping at night with an extra PhD. 
she's got a little cap on. She's got the little mortarboard on. She's like, Are you right? I should have said medical doctors. Damn, Rob. You, oh, you. Oof, oh, Aaron, I still road. think non medical doctors, they work hard and they earned it. So I don't care what you think. And don't give me the I thumbs know. down over Zoom. I go Come low on. and you go high. Nice job, Rob. All right. Thank you. And that was also something that happened sophomore year of college. Okay. Gumboots. <laughs> Rearranging my position on this friend of mine who had a little bit of a breakdown. breakdown. I heard this. I said, hey, you know, breakdowns, common breakdowns, go. So, go ahead, Russ. What are you going to do? Why doesn't Aaron go first on this one? Well, I think that's the thing. I got a story about gumboot dancing. You guys want to hear my story about gumboot dancing? I would love to hear a story about gumboot dancing. All right. So, I had to look it up again today to know exactly the history of. That was Aaron's left. No, shut up. No, I'm sorry. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to tell you to shut up. I got to say, though, you cannot, and this was a text we got today where Aaron just said, oh, I have a story about gumboot dancing. I I have no idea what gumboot dancing is. I thought that's what John Kerry got out of the election for, was something with a gumboot. Gunboat. Kind of swift boat, really. But. Almost, I mean, das boot. If he right? was Canadian. Yeah, okay. Let me tell you the story first because I I remembered no, seeing gumboot dancing, and then I had to I had to look up the the history of it. But when I was uh, thirteen, I was in the Des Moines Children's Chorus, and so the funny story is that I was still in the Children's Chorus. So I was trying to sing alto after my voice had changed, which was not really a pleasant experience. Hey kids, and we hosted the uh, Des Moines, I think it was called the Des Moines International Children's Choral Festival. And the artist in residence, the featured artist, was the Drakensberg Boys Choir from South Africa. And one of the, so this would have been 1992 or, th- I think 1993. Mm. So you just missed the cultural boycott. Okay, so you're lucky. Right. Exactly, right? So this was a big deal. Like, a part- this is an integrated boy choir from South Africa. We're going to bring them to the United States. There are black black kids and white kids singing together. This was a big deal. And to me, I thought this was an, an amazing, you know, world-changing experience. And these dudes could sing their asses off. And they sang traditional choral music. But one of the things they did as a showcase for us when it was like everybody let their hair down was they showed us gumboot dancing where it's, they're wearing these uh, Wellington boots. And, and you, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really similar to the uh, in black uh, fraternities and sororities in the U.S. where... There's rhythmic stomping. Everybody's stomping in the same, stepping in the same rhythm, and then they're slapping the boots to make some additional noises. So I remembered seeing this uh, when I was a kid, watching the Drakensberg Boy Choir, boy choir do this. Meanwhile, uh, in Aaron's Des in the crowd. He's like, "That's a really good gumboot dance and good job." Yeah. Well, no. Cutie I mean, the thing voice. was like, also you these dudes puberty, were all super idiot. handsome, and like all the girls were like, "Oh, I love the boys from South Africa." And I was like, "Yo, I'm like, look, I almost have." Like maybe talk, but it never it never worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then I I had to look it up. Gumboot dancing comes from the gold mines in South Africa, so it's not actually that uh, not that pleasant. And it was a way for uh, work crews to send messages to one another across long distances because, of course, they weren't encouraged to uh, communicate with one another. But um, yeah, that's my gumboot dancing story. So I've seen it in person, but I didn't understand the significance of it until I looked it up uh, this week. Inspired that's by this, you do the quest in the podcast, right? That's yes, that's right. Where are the we? The beauty, the beauty for me on this this song was the accordion. <laughs> Did you guys hear that accordion? 
Uh, Play it again. I was having this discussion in a taxi heading downtown. That is badass accordion, is it not? There's two or three songs on this album that just are heavy accordion. So I thought what we could do is a list of the greatest accordion songs ever. If you guys are for that, why don't I have the the countdown sound clip on the list page? That would make sense, right? Not smart enough to do that. Aaron would make fun of you, but it's be nice to Aaron and Rob Day. Ooh, I like that. Be nice to Aaron and Rob Day. Nice Rob every day. Okay, so we, we we heard the accordion in some of these songs. We're gonna go back and, and get some of some famous polka accordion. We're gonna get some current accordion. We're gonna start with one of Rob's favorite, and I know Aaron doesn't Don't really like the this songs. Song. Aaron. Aaron's trying to look at the songs. I see you, Aaron, trying to spy Aaron, these songs. Stop looking at the songs. I'm stopping the list. Before we talk about it, there's one accordion song that does not make the list. We don't need to replay it. Matt, your boys Pearl Jam have a song called Bugs, which is accordion yep. heavy. It is a terrible, terrible song. It's, yeah, it's one of their one. it's one of their filler songs. Yeah. And I didn't want to play it and have you get mad at me if we played it and then I ripped it. So I, it's not on the list. So I no, they've got one or two of those songs in every album. So it's it's uh and they actually play that live and people go nuts because it's so bad. I think that they're happy to see it. Yeah, Talking so, Heads have a few songs like that too. I feel really bad, guys, but I got to be honest. This whole list today is based on dividing Rob and Aaron. I didn't realize you guys would be getting along. I thought you would still be fighting like you have been for the last four months. No. Oh, so, no. Wait, have we been fighting? So, to continue the division between Rob and Aaron. So the first song, Aaron, I know you're not a Weird Al guy, but Weird Al has some amazing polka. And the first one was that. one of his biggest hits. This is I Love Rocky Road by Weird Al, which was a parody of I Love Rock and Roll. Check this accordion out here. Have you ever seen a video of him playing the accordion? It's pretty no, crazy. Good. You have. He's pretty he's good. Like a polka family, right? I'm, a, I'm a huge Weird Al fan. I've I've watched so many videos of him when he he plays the accordion. That's his thing he plays because his dad was a famous polka guy. Or am I not supposed to say that? Yo, you can. Yeah. His absolutely. dad was a famous famous polka. Yankovic is a famous name in polka. You know, I had polka at my wedding, by the way. And I had polka the wedding night. No, that's not true. Actually, <laughs> we both. We both. Uh, I had a serious case of poison ivy my wedding night. It went all the way down my back, and Jenny put a caramel in down the front of her dress. And so when she took off her dress to reveal her decolletage on the wedding night, it was covered <laughs> in melted caramel. And I was so turned on. It ended I was going to say that's like, right up right my life. That, that has to be the part. moment you know you made the right decision. Exactly. Right? Yeah, me covered in poison ivy and her with caramel all over her decolletage. I loved it. So, Aaron, you've said once before that you're not a Weird Al fan. You don't like the message he sends. And mm-hmm. so I apologize for giving Rob. Rob really likes Weird Al. I had to give him some, some songs. But Frank Yankovic, Rob said it, is very famous. He's famous for like beer barrel polka. He's one of the most famous polka stars in the world. And it turns out that Aaron, Weird Al, who you don't like, actually performed Beer Barrel Polka with one of your favorite bands, The Roots. Check this out. Let's hear it. I want to hear it. That would be Questlove if you guys have ever heard of him playing the drums. Like the Dragon. Beats Dragon. No way, man. He's right on it. Dragon is on I know you can you can hear is it, if this Weird Al if that's Weird Al playing, he's really ripping it, man. That's oh, cool. he's he's a legit, extraordinarily talented accordion player. You're gonna hear in the background right now. I knew all the Rolling Stone songs growing up from his polka 
collection where he would cover Rolling Stone song in a medley as a polka. There are a ton of them, aren't and, there? And, and he has a whole album of just polka, yeah. but his, his Rolling Stone polka medley is how I learned like every like Brown Sugar and Start Me Up. Like All these songs were from polka. And then when I heard him in real life, I was like, oh, that's what the song Bitch is about. It's not a polka. Like It blew my mind. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of dates when I was younger. You guys are being too nice to each other. I don't like it. I was nice to Rob, nice to Aaron. I got to be nice to Rob back again. We have never played a song by They Might Be Giants on this podcast before. The next song is called Particle Man. They Might Be Giants featuring oh, the accordion. Check this out, Rob, just for you. They play it in concert. People love it. Now, I am going to say. Accordion here. There we go. I am going to say when people bring up this song with They Might Be Giants, I always kind of give them this look. That's not there. Not their best. Well, song. so that's the thing is, I was gonna be like, I actually like this song, but this is like what a basic They Might Be Giants fan would like, right? Like, I was like, I like this one. If you're into They Might Be Giants, I'll take it. Matt, did you know <laughs> I've I've heard Rob talk about They Might Be Giants over and over. I did a little research on them. It's only two guys. It's not like a whole band. It's two dudes. Did you know that, Matt? I had no idea. I I couldn't name one They Might Be Giants song, and I should probably know a few just for Rob. Well, song, now you know Particle. Once band. again, I yeah. forward you guys there. Concert dates got no reply, no text reply whatsoever. Aaron's, That's because I forwarded text, them to you like a week before. Aaron's text about the birds got way more reply. Just a text <laughs> of a picture of birds, and he goes, "Hey, if you have live photo, you can see these birds move." Like even that got more response than me being like, "Hey, here's some concerts of they might be giants." So I don't want to be too nice to Rob. I gotta, I gotta favor Aaron a little bit too. I gotta be nice to Aaron. So the next song is last week or a few weeks ago. We were talking about villains. This is MF Doom, Mad Villain. Oh! This song is called Accordion. Check this one out. Yeah. Is this off the this MF Doom rapping over an accordion sample, right? Yes. Mad Lib on the beat from the Mad Villainy record. I don't like no, that Aaron's true. enjoying this, though. Cut, cut the music, Rob. Cut the music. <laughs> I don't like that Aaron's enjoying this. So the next song on the list is a song that has over a billion YouTube views, which I assume means Aaron has never seen it. So this next song is not for Aaron. <laughs> this is Don Omar, Danza Kuduro. Do you guys know this one? Check this out. Whoa. Oh, yes. That is an electric accordion. I worked with somebody who is from Mexico, and every day she would play this song in the classroom, and I was like... She would play this over and over, and then she stayed with us for a summer, actually, and then she would play the song on my Alexa. So for like three months after she was there, when we asked Alexa to play songs we would like, it would play like this Mexican up-tempo music like that. It was so fun. Every time you turn on, I'd be like, yes, let's rock and roll. That like, is stuff. So Aaron or Air Out, has Aaron ever heard of that song before? It's got over a billion YouTube views. It was the most played song on Spotify in 2011. Has Aaron ever heard of it, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with no. Rob? Oh, absolutely not. Aaron, have you heard of that song? I have not, but I will be listening to it from now on. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> right Just in turn line. on KDWV. It's pretty popular. So I've gone back and forth, back and forth, but I feel like we got to wrap this up really strong here. And so we're, we're listening <laughs> to a South African band. And so there's another South African, South African American band that had their parents have ancestry in South Africa and their famous Relatively recently, this is Congos. Come with me now. Check out the accordion on this you know, last I one. don't like the part where they were throwing the barrels. Donkey Congos. <laughs> there you go. 
You know this one, Matt? No. I don't think so. Are there lyrics? Uh-huh. What is Whoa. this? You know this song? This is this like a heavy metal band? Tell us about I thought you guys would know this one, no? No, what is Congos? I mean, I love the movie, but hated the book. <laughs> the band actually said, though, they were heavily influenced by Kwaito music, which, as you guys said earlier, was a blend of South African jazz and Western house music. So I thought that was a pretty cool way to wrap up the list. Oh, that's so great list, Russell. You know, did you ever hear what uh, David Bowie said about accordion playing? No. He said, it ain't squeezy. Oh! <laughs> you know... We've never been known on this podcast to run a joke all the way into the ground. No. Sometimes no. known as beating a dead horse. We would never do such. Never. No. I'm over here with my copy of Graceland, and I can see that on Gumboots, the accordion is credited to John John Mkalali. And Correct. so I wondered about, like, okay, so obviously it's a great song. Paul Simon didn't necessarily play the accordion on the song. Do we have, Rob, do we have any songs where the artist who wrote the song is also uh, playing the accordion? Can we bring that up? You want me, is that your cue to play it? Can we play Jägermeister Pie? Because you literally just sent me an email with no timestamp, nothing else. It just said this. <laughs> it, it didn't even have a yeah, subject. That's all you need. Like, like, I think it asked you, do you want to add a subject to this email? And you're like, no, just send. So I, this is the cue. Okay. Okay. okay I'll edit all that out. Don't worry. <laughs> who is this? Who is it? This is Jägermeister Pie. Zagermeister Pie by Beck. Oh, oh and I gotta be fantastic. honest. I have to be honest. There is some dispute on the internet about whether this is an accordion or a wind organ. But I just have to say, because or as what? far as we know, this is Beck playing Meister Pie. When it comes to playing an accordion-like instrument on your own album, Rob, who did it better? Yes, Beck did it. Yes. Better. yes. What was it, Aaron? It's either an accordion or what? A wind organ? I don't know the that difference. That was my nickname in my freshman year of college. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, baby, the wind organ is fun to play. It's fun. Hey, it could be a wind organ if you play your cards. Where are you going? <laughs> uh, all right. Where are you going? That's how 99% of my dates ended. Oh. Uh, okay, let's do... Oh, no. All the... Oh, yeah. Diamonds on the Souls of... Her shoes. So I wanted to include the two different bites from this because there's the beginning part where he's the band that he really did a lot of this with was Ladysmith Black Mamboza. And so this is actually the last song that they recorded for this album. They actually they had the album all ready to go. It was all done. And Ladysmith Black Mamboza came to play with Paul Simon on Saturday Night Live. And he was like, hey, if we're in New York, we might as well record another tune. They go into the uh, studio. They do the same thing they did before where he was like, okay, you guys come up with something. And then he came up with the lyrics over the top of it. So this is actually the first time that Lady Smith Black Mambosa has ever played, has ever been recorded with an instrument because in the background, they have this Senegalese, uh, uh, Yusin Nadur. Yeah. Musician. Yeah. To put musician. That's so hard for me to say. I'm on a music podcast for God's sakes. But listen to this. I mean, and I, and I think a lot of people think this is the best song on the album, and it's just a late entry. It's certainly the most, well, this and this and the next one are probably the two most yeah. famous. But I would put this up maybe is more famous than Call Me Al, but I don't know. It's certainly a better song. I think. Oh, a way better song. 
This song, I'm going to do a rap on this song. This song is better than almost any song we've Correct. I love this song so much. I would listen to this song every day and twice on Sunday. It's such a good song. It's perfect. It's almost a perfect song. It is. Aaron agreed with me. Makes me think yeah, that maybe 100%. I was just wrong. Oh my God, Rob. Oh. I mean, I love this uh, song. Hey, hey, Rob, be nice to Matt, too. He agreed with you, too. Okay. Well, no, see, when Matt agrees with me, it's good. When Aaron agrees with me, I think maybe I've made some bad choices in my life. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Aaron, I think it was last week I was, I was setting this up and somebody got on early and they said, hey, if you listen to that 25th anniversary edition of the album, they have that song, but it's just the drums and the bass. It's a different version. Yeah. Stripped down, right? And you know, this album was big for me. I mean, this is a huge album for me growing up. And it was right around the time where I wanted to learn how to play an instrument. And this is a big reason why I got into playing the bass. I'll talk a little bit about that in the next song. It's a little, it's a little tease for you guys. Pre-sweater vest or after sweater vest? Uh, this is pre-sweater vest because I remember my girlfriend at one time had to help me move my amps around, which was humiliating because I was not in a band. I don't know why I was moving the amps around. You were busy laying on your back eating a ham, a bologna sandwich while she was moving it around. <laughs> <laughs> Another story of me bringing my bass amps to places where nobody asked me to. There's no band, just like a college football that one time. All right. Now for the song that got all the way up to 44 the first time. And then after the video, this was like the beginning of MTV. This is a huge video on MTV. You can call me Al. And this is another song. Yeah, this is another song where he made the video. And he hated it so much. And Lauren Michaels like, hey, you should hang out with Chevy and I in the Hamptons this weekend. And like, Chevy, can you do anything for this? Chevy Chase, can you do anything for this video? And Chevy's like, yeah, I'll get in it, lip sync and play instruments. And I remember growing up thinking like, oh, this video is so funny. It's so great. When I watch it now, it's kind of embarrassing that it's like this, you know, it's like this African music, like whole thing. And then it's just Chevy Chase, a known racist and Paul Simon, a known ugly person. Uh, but it's still fun. You know, I don't want to be a total downer. I think it's fun. But I will say there's a bass solo in this song. Okay. So picture me like in, I don't know what, fifth grade. My parents are paying for me to take bass lessons, which again, I'm in Guitar Center or whatever with some guy. And he's like, okay, play this. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. He's like, oh my God, you're the best bass player I've ever heard. No, but listen to this bass solo. This is what wanted, this is what made me want to play the bass. Yes. It sounds like the Night Court opening or something like that. Oh, Doesn't yeah, it sound right. like the Night Court TV show? Oh, yeah, totally. And, and, and of course, Night Court was a huge thing for me. You know, my penis's nickname was Bull. Like, it was not a big deal. <laughs> um, but why am I making so many jokes like that tonight? It's Dr. just, it's Bull. so gross. But the, the no. thing is, yeah, with that fretless bass, like, it has that really unique sound. And so I went in, picture me in fifth grade. I go into the bass lesson. Never have played bass, never nothing. And he's like, well, what do you want to learn? And I played that. I remember I said, I want to play this. And he was, and he basically was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, how about this? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and I wanted to play Concrete Jungle by Bob Marley. And then finally, I, he kind of showed me how to do like a, a blues bass scale, which is all you do. I mean, there's not that much going on in the bass. And then I heard Flea and I was like, oh, I actually suck at the bass. But um, it turns out that that bass solo is a nasty trick. It's impossible to play it. And you know why? It's a musical palindrome. Paul Simon loved the bass solo so much that he reversed it and put it on the end. So if you listen again, you can hear the bass solo is played once and then it's the tape is reversed and it's played in reverse at the end. Listen to this. Oh. Oh, right here. 
hear that oh, whistle yeah, noise as it's hey, reversed. Hey, hey. So to Paul cool. Simon, I give a big fuck you for ruining my whole life. I could have been playing guitar and meeting chicks instead of playing a bass. Do you know what kind of girls are attracted to a bass player? It's not good. Okay, it's not great, <laughs> especially a bad bass player. Nobody wants to date a bad bass player. Well, I should return that bass I just bought on Amazon earlier today then, huh? I thought I would be super cool. Like, I would be like, hey, I'm going to add the guitar to my my repertoire to meet new yeah. women. And it turns out I bought a bass. Like, what oh. a disaster. Oh, yeah. Hey, come on over. I'm going to play you a song. Okay, pick pick out what this song is. Bass player here looking for a roly-poly little bat-faced girl. Swipe, 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 swipe. You stop playing and you're like, guitar solo. This is my friend Talon. He's going to play the guitar while I play the bass over here. <laughs> hey, where are you going? All right. Under African Sky. This is the story of how we begin to remember. Listen then. I mean, the sound on this album. This is the powerful pulse so this, is this the song. Like, is this the one where we, we like when when he starts out with Joseph's face is as black as the night? Are you like, I'm yes. cringing a little bit? Well, and you know who's singing that? Pick up that album cover, you nerd. Because is that is Amy Linda, or somebody? That is Linda Ronstadt on there singing. Oh, shit. I favor the so podcast. And that was actually one of the most controversial things he could possibly do on this album because right. guess where she had played three years earlier? Sun City, South Africa, right in the height of this whole thing. And so she was roundly criticized for that. She claimed she didn't know that what was going on. She didn't have time to make the decision. He puts her on this album. She gets blasted even more. Speaking of South Africa, I was wondering where a city boy could go to get a little conversation and drink a little red wine. And so tonight I went and got some wine called Spire 21 Gables Pinotage from South Africa. So I'm drinking a South African wine tonight. It is velvety tannins that give it balance and lead Rob to a, an opulent and lengthy finish. A Whoa. lengthy finish. All right, homeless. Not gonna lie, Genius was kind of bare on this album, but I don't. I didn't even want to look up anything. I just love these songs. I, I would sing this song in my car all the time. Oh, yeah, and this is—we never heard anything else like this. This is Aaron in that boy choir, right? Me just watching those guys like this shit. What, what'd you got? No, I was just saying everything on this. Everything else on this album has like this tempo and this pace, and it's it's kind of catchy. They're all almost things you can bop along with. This was the one that kind of. Jumped out as being a little bit different than a lot of the album to me, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was badass. Top senior tracks, right? Yeah. Crazy Love, Volume Two. Is there a Volume One? I'm I'm confused about this one. No, it's because you. It's it's a little bit louder. Huh? You like that one? That rap shit. The Crazy Love was a little bit bigger the second time, so it's Volume Two. (laughs) Cute. Sometimes when I hear this album, I think this is the skipper track, and then I'm listening to it now, and I'm like, oh, I love the guitar on here. I love all these sounds. Like, there's no this skips. is the part. This is the part you can skip at the end of the song. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Gets into right. that. Because this is like a rehash of Call Me Al, but not as good. 
So then we go all the way from South Africa and those lush African rhythms. And Paul Simon's like, you know what else everyone loves? Zydeco music. We're going to go down to... What is uh, Zydeco you music? love accordion. We're going to go down to New Orleans and Cajon. we're going to play some Cajun music. And guess what? That was your mother. And this was a band. The band playing on this is a classic Zydeco named band. It's named Good Rockin' Dopsy and the Twisters. <laughs> Every band I've ever known that does Zydeco is named like that. It's like Crazy Harry. Crazy Harry and the Apes. It's like, you know, Booty Jordan and the Down Home Mud Skippers. They're just interchangeable. It's like three guys playing this music. It's just the same over and over. I don't know what it, what it is, but I love this music. If you yeah. said I could take this song or I could take half the songs we've listened to on the first 45 albums, oh. I'm taking this song. Maybe Patti Smith will play right. this in concert, man. Yeah. Play That Was Your Mother. There's <laughs> a poem I wrote about UFOs taking my dad's scrotum. <laughs> you know she plays Gloria. You know she closes. Does she close or open with Gloria, do you think? I don't know. You can look Both? that stuff up online now, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't do. Do you do that before you go to a concert? Oh, yeah. You got to go in with I, no I, research. I, I absolutely. You look at the uh, set list? Uh, yeah, I'll, but I, I'm more interested in what time the, they actually come on. Dad move. Know? Dad move right there for sure. <laughs> I want to show you. I hope to yell at my kids to run they... faster in the morning. No. Yeah. And then, you know, we just know what time to get out of there. I don't know. Well, if you're downtown Minneapolis and you're like enjoying some potato wedges next door, you don't want to have to like leave your potato wedges behind. Exactly. Yeah. Show's not starting yet. That would be way worse if you were to die at first have eating potato wedges in the bathroom. No, put that shit that would on my be gravestone. way worse than bagels at home. Way it, worse. No. If that happens, you better put that in my eulogy and on my gravestone. Died eating wedges in the bathroom. And then a big picture of me going, hey, thumbs up. The thumbs up. I'm giving the, the camera a thumbs up. Extra bacon. But yeah, you don't want to get cream. to a concert. Green onions. Seeing an opening band. I still remember when Third Eye Blind opened up for Rolling Stones. They got booed off in like two minutes. It was so funny. <laughs> but you don't want to go and see the big James and the squiggly slugs playing this Zydeco music, you know. I will say, though, <laughs> shout out to my mom. I don't think I give my mom enough credit. When she would go on trips for work or whatever, she would always try to buy a CD if she went somewhere. And she came home from a trip to New Orleans with a Zydeco CD that I used to play all the time oh, at home. That's a cool And move. there's the song that played. It, all the songs are so fun and like the same super fast rhythm. I loved it. So tonight I was like, oh, I told my Alexa, play... Um, play Zydeco music. And so it did this Cajun mix. And the first version was the original Colin Baton Rouge, the guy who wrote it, I think for Garth Brooks. Oh, wow. It was one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. I took, I asked who was playing it because it sounded so bad. So now, oh, he's that good. Paul Simon, a little bit of hot water going over South Africa, stealing music. For this song, he calls in the hit band Los Lobos. I'm gonna, can I stop? Yes. I got a question. I, Yes. You no, know, we normally don't go this route, but he's he's hiring musicians to play. What makes this stealing music versus sampling, or what? Why why is this criticized as being stealing? We can we can delete it. I just I'm curious why did, why is this stealing music? I think he generally, you know, Russell, as you're to the question you're asking about the music and the musicians, it seems like he kind of did it right in terms of giving them credit. You know, they're all over the liner notes, and he writes a whole story on the back of the album about giving mm -hmm. them credit, but the album is still called Paul Simon Graceland. Like, you know, right. he could have called it anything you wanted. He could have formed a new sure. band and called, he, call, he could have called it the, the Boyonga boys. Right. And joined the, joined that band. So I think yeah, yeah. he, he took good steps toward 
crediting the artists, but it still has his name front and center. You know, it's all words and music by Paul Simon on every track, which means any royalties, like he's getting those. Like, was it no time did Paul Simon stand up and say, hey, apartheid's really bad. Like I've been over there. I paid musicians to come in and play. They had to leave by dark time, by night, because they didn't want to be out past curfew because they couldn't be because they're black in the country. Like at no point was he like, this is actually really, really bad. I think that if he would have done something like that, people would have been a little bit more appreciative of like, hey, I've been there. I've seen it. I, it was terrible. So then on this last song, he invites Los Lobos to come play with him. They, they jam for two days because he didn't write any music, right? Los Lobos is playing a song. Paul Simon goes, hey, what's that song? I really like it. They play it. And he's like, oh, great. Okay, sweet. We're going to split writing credit on this song. It's going to be great. Yeah, right. So that was all around the world. Well, the album comes out. Guess who doesn't get any writing credit? Words yeah. and music by Paul Simon, right? Yeah, Los Lobos right gets no credit. And afterwards, they they told him, and his response was, fucking sue me, see what happens. <laughs> That's what he's quoted as saying. <laughs> well, the sun gets now listen. And the sun goes down. The I don't know how to feel now. I feel like I'm not allowed to like this album no, anymore. I, 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 still, I think it's still great music. I still love this album, and I think in it as overall different kinds of music getting into it. It's huge. Russell, you have to understand who I am. I love taking things because this is my one of my favorite albums of all time. I'm fascinated by what you guys think of this album. I can't wait to hear your rolling, uh, whatever the dumb ranking system is. But I love to tear things down that people love. That's You know I like to. I've told you my Kirby Puckett Twitter stories. I just, I cannot oh, get no. enough of it. It is so good to me. So <laughs> I, I love this album, week. but there's no doubt that Paul Simon could have handled it better. And I love tearing down Paul Simon. And guess what? I'm a big Art Garfunkel fan, okay? That's why I'm doing it this whole thing. I think he's the best. I love him. <laughs> Art and I have always been close. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, let's get into rolling, going. I think it's perfectly okay for you to love this album, Russell. I'm a negative Nelly, and I'm running the show, so it's, it's, sorry. It's, it's time to see what everybody's up to. This is a legit top two album for me. Rolling, going. Wait, what's the other one? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with... Sits? The Bob Marley one that's coming up. Ooh. Ah, there we go. I love that one too. This is this is why I know nothing about like popular music or people. It's because I was listening to these albums. All right, uh, Rolling Going, Matt. Rolling Going. No, God damn it! What am I doing? <laughs> well, Did I just I, play uh... Rolling Going. <laughs> hey, Matt, that's great because you didn't get to finish your list anyway. So it's, it's I know how to operate a sprinkler a little better. There's ways to move it back and forth. Plug in the hose. You can, you can, you can, uh, you can figure out how much mm-hmm. pressure you mm-hmm. want out to, mm-hmm. so you can lengthen the the stream and shorten yeah. the stream. So, and then when your neighbors in white shirts walk by, you turn it on. Oh yeah! All right, the milf hunter has conquered his prey. Matt, what do you think? We have a ranking system here, Matt. It is uh, rolling. Well toned. That means that this album is perfect at forty six. Oh, we love it. Is this album a rolling bone? This album should not uh, be this high. It should be a lower number, which in this case is good. It's like golf. We want to get a lower score. That is a good thing for these albums. Everybody knows it. If your album five hundred, junk. Okay, album one, good. Just like golf. I golfed a five hundred once. Not a big deal. Not don't want to brag. Uh, or is this a rolling groan? Okay. Does nobody like this album? Or no, (laughs) did you not like this album and it should be not at 46? This is a rolling. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I think it's uh, rolling boned. I think it's a... uh, 
<laughs> a musical masterpiece. I think the the musicality behind it is awesome. Uh, the sound, like you said, quality awesome. So I think it's rolling boned. It got rolling boned. It's another album that sounds super good. I love the good sounding albums. It's so fun. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I can't disagree with Matt or, or with you, Rob. I think uh, this is a great album. This is definitely one that me. I will be listening uh. to for the rest of my life. Um, I, I hadn't listened to it for quite a while before we were uh, doing the show, but I, I love it. I love all of the sounds that he's bringing together and it's complicated. He really, he clearly thought this through. He respected these artists. Uh, for me, musically, I would call it a rolling. I think it musically is, a, is better than some things we've heard, but given the political considerations we've uh, talked about, that knocks it back down to me for rolling well-toned. All right, good. I'm glad that my negativity has gotten a hold of you, Aaron. Nobody can escape. <laughs> Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? I think it's hard to it to put into perspective all the, I don't know if you'd call it political, cultural things that were going on at the time when he made this album. It's hard for me to listen to it and have a full appreciation for that. I'm trying to listen to it now and just say, do I love the music or do I not love the music? And so for me, this was a super catchy album. I loved almost every song. I would be hard pressed to find a song where I said this song was weak or I didn't like this song. And we've gone through so many albums where there, I just wasn't into a, a lot of it. So for me, I could listen to this over and over. I think it's rolling bone. It should be higher on the list. This album. I, I, I love this album. I, I can't get enough of this album. I, I was excited to listen to it. I was happy to listen to it all week. And it corresponded with the end of the school year, which just fit my mood perfectly. Imagine walking out of your job for three months, not having to come back with this album playing in the background. It's sweet. And then you go home and eat like 30 hot dogs, like my best bud Slimer. This gets a rolling recognition. Listen, yeah, he did some shitty stuff. He probably should have gone about it differently. But there's no doubt that this opened up people's ears like crazy to a whole different world of music, whether it's Zydeco or Ladysmith, Black Mambosa or anything. I think anytime you can get out and not just hear, I mean, compare this to like a bridge over troubled water, which Russell listened to for about half the week. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt that this album is Wait, un it's an unbelievable what? mixture. He's so incredibly talented. I just, I cannot say this, this should be, this album should be in a top five in my mind. Easy. No problem. Guys, next week. Okay. We have What's got, next? we have got an album that has zero guitar solos and costs $600 to make. And most oh. of that $600 was spent at Wilson's leather. Wilson's leather is our sponsor tonight, guys. I, I didn't mention this till <laughs> the end. This seems like the worst time to maybe put in a commercial Wilson's leather. Uh, they gave me some stuff to read here. Do you like, do you want a strap to whip that ass? Get one at Wilson's Leather. It's leather that's so good, it'll make the Ramones Ramon. Oh, the Ramones? That'll be awesome. I when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too young to look it up online. Hey, Johnny, are you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track? I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. You guys think going out in the bathroom with the bagel is better or worse if you're using honey <laughs> walnut cream cheese? <laughs> Wait, that's not honey walnut cream cheese. I mean, a lot of people are allergic to walnuts, so that could be the answer. Right <laughs> oh, <here>. my God. <laughs> Aaron would cancel me post-death in my bathroom with a bagel. That's terrible. I love that. <laughs>